Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, February 22nd, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc., Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith. We are joined once again by another special guest here on today's show. It is Mike Volman, long time playing professional hockey in Switzerland in the Swiss League, and I should call him the champ is in the house right now. Mike Volman, fresh off a Champions Hockey League title, a big victory for his team, Geneva Servette beating Skelleftia. Uh, out of the Swedish League in the championship game on Tuesday. Mike, welcome to the Ice Guys show. How are you? Ian, thank you so much for having me. Alex, great to meet you guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, it's been a cra- crazy ride. Last two days, a little bit of partying. Hopefully my voice holds up for a good hour. I sound like the one that's won a damn championship. I was telling that to you. About <laughs> no, you sound great. You sound great. <laughs> I've sounded better. Uh, there's no doubt. Uh, Mike, get into the uh, career retrospect a little bit with you to start. Uh, and by the way, uh, Mike's a very avid interest in betting. We'll get to that in just a moment. But Mike, uh, getting into hockey as a young kid, growing up in New Jersey, eventually moving to Carolina. You said you became a Canes fan at that point. Uh, and then you played over in Europe. So take us through that journey. Yeah, for sure. No, there's a lot of stars that had to align for me to get where I am today. Uh, basically, all started when I took Hockey seriously was um, the Quebec Pee Wee tournament. Got selected for the Carolina Hurricanes. That was in 2006. The Junior Hurricanes went to Quebec Pee Wee, did the whole thing, and then boom, the Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup that year. So just like had the hockey bug super hard. So I was what 12 years old, 13, 14. Did like AAA in North Carolina, which was a lot of traveling, traveling every weekend up to Boston, up to Chicago, doing all the you know the Nike Bauer Showcase tournaments. Basically, my parents were just like, hey, if you want to continue doing this, we can't do it from Carolina. So they proposed doing like the prep school route up in New England. So I went to a prep school for a sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, got to play hockey there. You know, the rink is right on campus. Was a decent player, you know, second power play, not always the top guy, but always just like dialed in on details. I'm a defenseman, right-handed defenseman, which is like the least, there's the least amount of right-handed defensemen out of any other position in hockey. I'm sure you guys know that. Um, So yeah, just kind of learned the game, started thinking the game more, played a year of juniors uh, that got me into Babson, uh, which is NCAA D3. You know, you have a lot of like these D1 schools that come to you and they say, hey, if you play two more years of juniors, you know, come to us when you're 21 years old. So for me, my family, it was like, hey, Babson, great school, great education. Let's get in there. And um, decided to do that. Four years at Babson, won the championship there twice, lost twice in the finals. And um, basically just had the the good fortune of having a Swiss passport due to my father's side of the family. And um, a coach in the National League B uh, reached out to me. Hey, looks like you have a, a last name, Swiss last name. Do you have a passport? You should come play for us. Um, we'll give you 20K for the year with an apartment. I'm like, hey, fresh out of college, why not? 
go to Switzerland, see some nice views, play a little bit of hockey. So I go over, we win the championship that year in the B league. They're like, Hey, come on back. We'll give you 50 K this time. Okay. Do that. And then after that year, that's when Geneva came knocking actually, um, Chris McSorley. I'm sure you guys know the name McSorley because Marty McSorley's brother, brother, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Marty McSorley's brother, Chris, he was like the GM in Geneva and the owner in Geneva and the head coach all at the same time. I guess he signed himself to like a 15 year contract. (laughs) Yeah. He had, he had, he can't get him out. (laughs) No, I mean, it's crazy. That's a whole rabbit hole that maybe we get into later, but um, he signed me. He wanted me like, you know, my personality and stuff when I met with him and they signed me to a two year deal, Um, had to prove it, you know, prove myself and started from the bottom, but just, I followed the game plan. He was, he is so old school, this guy. He contain in the offensive zone, he contains the strong side D down the wall. So if there's a battle in the corner, he wants the strong side D like all the way down on the hash marks, like on top of their winger. And then the other D comes over, like the left D will come all the way over to refill his place. And then you kind of have a little F3 high kind of on the top of the circle. So just suffocating. And this guy, he loved the long dump. That was his his breakout was like, hey, let's do a hinge, DD hinge. And that D-man just slap shot it down the ice on goal. And the wingers just going to be buzzing. My first goal in Geneva was a long dump slap shot. Like, because one of those slap shots that like when you hit it, it kind of like turns vertical. And it just went right through the right through the five hole in the goalie. And the goalie was like, and it was my only goal for like a couple months because I'm a new guy. I scored as like the boys are like, Hey Mike, you, you got to score another goal here. You can't have the long dump being the only goal of your season, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that was a two year system. He wants what, what, how can you come yeah. back? Exactly. Can you and you back? know what that gets me? It gets me another contract. Yeah. So has some student loans from Babson. Cause obviously D three hockey is like, they don't give like full scholarship, whatever. So I still had about 80K of student loans come out of there, which was just like suffocating. And as a kid, you know, come out, come out of college and to have that, that whole system's broken. The the U.S. college system like is just so broken. But he, McSorley, he signed me to another deal and he helped me uh, get some of my money as a signing bonus. So I was able to like pay off those loans. So that was another two year deal, played that out and then signed a three year and now I'm on the second year of that three-year deal. And McSorley is no longer with the program. Um, he, there is some shady stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. He's always had my back and love McSorley. Hey, if you're watching. Um, but, yeah, now Rolex actually owns the team, which is cool. Because, you know, Geneva, Switzerland, nice. Rolex, yeah. home of Rolex. So Rolex came in, bought the team. They bought the, the hockey club in Geneva, the soccer club in Geneva, and we have a rugby team in Geneva. So it's all under. And for, for Rolex, it's a tax write-off for them. So we have a budget for hockey, at least. I think we're like 10 to 15 million for like all the players and whatever. Um, that's basically them giving back to their community, you know, they're, that they're right. investing. The headquarters is here, so they're – for the kids to have people look up to whatever. So for them, 15 million, I think it's, I think it's crazy. They just, that's just like a little tax write off for them. So 
Wow. And uh, like I said, you're, you're fresh off, by the way, and you've been playing there for a few years now. You're fresh off this Champions League uh, title. And I'm looking at this roster of that Mike of Mike Volman's team here with Geneva Servette. There's people that played and had a nice little run in the National Hockey League on this team. When you look at it, there's Volteri Filpula uh, on this team. Tamu Hardakainen, you know, is a guy that played with Edmonton many, many years ago in the NHL. Josh Juris, who's actually just down the road from me from Burlington, Ontario, right near Hamilton here. Uh, he's on the uh, team with uh, Geneva. Uh, there's Dan Winnick. Daniel Winnick, of course, had uh, many years in the uh, National Hockey League. My guy, Mark Antoine Pouliot, a guy that we interviewed on this very show last year uh, on the Players Suite. Uh, Mark Antoine Pouliot, who again had a nice little run in the NHL as well. He's on this Geneva Servette team. So you've got some guys that had not just a little bit run, Mike, but uh, a nice uh, bit of experience playing in the National Hockey League. So that's a nice yeah. roster you have. I'm not surprised there's success happening here. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. We have some studs on our team. I mean, Geneva as a city is very appealing to guys that are at the end of their career. You know, Winnick has been here for six years, the same amount of time as me. And um, we also had Eric Fair was on the team a couple of years back. We went all the way to the finals. Um, but this was really like McSorley. Chris McSorley really had like a huge hand in like putting this championship team that we have now together, you know, and um, so all like credit to him. And um, it's, yeah, I mean, for me personally, like I said, I work hard. I play my game. I've carved out a nice little role for myself as a locker room DJ, supervisor of morale. That would be my role on a team. Yeah, Solid seventh defenseman. <laughs> Solid seventh defenseman. And they, you know, guys get hurt up, up and uh, forward. I've been playing some fourth line forward, just absolute grinding, playing like college hockey style. And they seem to like me. They seem to like what I bring to the table because I've never been like a huge point producer, but they keep signing me to these deals. So I'm like, hey, you guys want to keep signing? You're a good me? team like, guy. You're a good yeah, team guy, right? That's all it takes. Yeah. Positive attitude. Yep, hundred percent. So we do have a little bit of a uh, uh, a video here to uh, show in just a, a moment. This is actually from uh, just you know, literally two days ago. This is Tuesday, February the twentieth. That's when this uh, championship game uh, occurred between uh, Geneva Servette, Mike's team, and Skelleftia, uh, of course, in the uh, sweet from the uh, Swedish Elite League. Uh, this was post game after the victory. You can hear the crowd basically going nuts uh, in the uh, background because uh, this was a home game, of course, for uh, Geneva Servette. Which, by the way, and I jumped in on them once. Mike, uh, when we started arranging this guest spot for Mike, he told me he was in this championship game. I had to go and take a little trip to Bet Three Six Five and see what the uh, betting line was for this. It was around minus one thirty uh, on Geneva uh, in this game. So I said, you know what, Mike's coming on the show. Pouliot's a guy we had on the, the player suite last year uh, on this show. We got to support these two guys right here. Let's take let's bet Geneva a little bit. And sure enough, uh, they got the job done on uh, Tuesday. So this was uh, Mike post game after a Champions Hockey League championship victory on Tuesday. Here we go. What a game. What a battle. Just both sides going at it. Two really good teams. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable atmosphere. Unbelievable. Teamwork by our team. All credit to them. They played their hearts out too. Which one was tougher, the first or the last period? Oh, the last period for sure. I've never seen time go so slow. Never seen it go so slow. What do you want to say? 
fans who've come here, they've been absolutely amazing. Oh my gosh, I, I can't thank these guys enough. I mean, the fans, the energy, the ambiance. We just feed off that energy, that first period. We got a, we got so, those goals in the first period, and we just rode it all the way through. I mean, all, all thanks to the fans, all thanks to the team, coaches, everybody. Unbelievable. Toughest game of the season so far? 100%. 100%. Hardest one. How heavy do you think that trophy is? I'd probably say like 20 kilos. Probably weighs about 20 kilos. But congratulations. What a game. Thank you very much. Cringe. Is this man really asked, was it the hardest game of the season? Is that that's it's a championship we, game? We, we, more we've been all over North about, American yeah. uh, uh, writers and and, and beat wow. writers for questions. I can't even. How heavy is the trophy? What? Yeah, and the thing was, he he was talking about the CHL season too. Yeah. So it's kind of like he was referring to CHL season, but when you're a player, you're playing in these games, like you don't really remember so much about like okay, we played. You know, I remember the Red Bull Munich game because we played them. But, like, a lot of times, like, these games blend together. And you don't really remember the score or, like, if you came back or whatever. So he was talking about the CHL season. They're really trying to, like, pump up, like, that they have a season technically. Right. And then there's playoffs. And they're trying to hype it, I get. But, yeah, it's kind of, like, a tough question, you know. <laughs> That's wild. That That's was. No, you were you were definitely in the zone right there. It's funny. Time goes by so slowly. You should have played Madonna there. Time goes by so slowly in the uh, in the uh, dressing room after that game because that's what was on your mind. You're right. I, I went, look, when you're trying to close out a, a championship game, you're right. It feels like that. It, you're right. Time stands still. It feels like that clock just does not move uh, fast enough. So let's talk about the betting side of things. You are very much interested in it. Uh, you dabble in it. You don't get, a, as, as of course, understandably, the time zone difference. You don't get a chance to watch and follow the NHL nearly as much as you'd like to. But mm -hmm. the most fascinating part I found about you, Mike, is that you wrote a betting thesis for college over there, uh, mm -hmm. and it was about NHL betting. First of all, what made you decide to make that a thesis subject? And second of all, uh, what elements of it did you go into in that paper? Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I got my master's in wealth management over here at the University of Geneva because I did my my bachelor's was in finance at Babson. And then when I realized that University of Geneva has a wealth management program in English for five hundred dollars, five hundred francs per semester, Damn. a drop in the bucket compared to American universities. I was like, hey, I'm I'm doing this It was a two year program all in English. Boom, boom, boom learned a lot about like stocks and finance and all that stuff. So then when it came to like writing my thesis, which is supposed to be, you know, 20, 30, 40 page paper, I'm like, it needs thing that I'm passionate about. And obviously sports gambling is and has been a very growing industry with all the legalization going on. And that's, and being in sports is something that I want to do after hockey too. So it's just like, Hey, this is just the right thing for me to do. Um, so I had a buddy who works at CERN, which is like the particle collider in Geneva. Like they're going to create like a black hole potentially if they collide these protons together or whatever. Um, he's like a data and now a data analyst and he does a lot of coding. So he helped me. Um, that's why I want to give him credit. Um, and we, yeah, we basically took a bunch of uh, NHL data since 2007 and we developed a systematic strategy we're looking at some indicators, which I'll get into. 
And then we were able to like back test the strategy. So we had the strategy and then with all the data, it was like, as if we put those bets down back in 2007, 2008, 2009, and then you're able to create a graph over time of the profitability. And then you compare that graph to let's say crypto or stocks or whatever. And you compare kind of like the volatility and the correlation. So the whole, the whole premise was could sports gambling be a potential alternative asset? So if you have a systematic process, then can we bring on investors be like, Hey, let's raise, let's bring some money in and let's use our strategy and generate a return for our investors. That's, that was the main, that was the thesis, I guess you could say. Um, So basically a lot of research went into it. I had to look at who else has also studied this. And there's one guy in particular, Tobias Markowitz, some really good data scientist who kind of had an interest in sports as well. And he tested uh, NHL, NBA, NFL. Um, He tested for size, like the impact that size of a team. So that would be like their market capitalization. Like do the bigger teams win more? Um, And did last year in the NHL Vegas. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Like, is there, is there a correlation there? Does, you know, does market cap, does market value have any, correlation to success. And that's what he tested over all these. But what he found was most profitable throughout all these four sports was actually momentum, which makes sense. If a team is really hot, then you want to like ride the hot team. But if a team is really cold, then you would, you know, want to stay away. Yep. So what I, what first, what I did was I replicated the strategy that he made. So he made a momentum strategy with NHL data. So my first goal was to match his strategy and, and code it, do all the coding with my buddy and, you know, get that dialed in. And then from there I can make, I can change the parameters. So for instance, when you're looking at the betting contract, right? So one game you have team a and team B. Okay. Which team do you bet on? Well, the code, the data code, looks at the previous game. So that team A, it looks for team A, their last games, their last eight games, or their last six games, or their last four games, or two, you can change the parameter, right? So that's, that's how mine was different from his was that it was, it was changeable that I could adjust the parameters after the fact. And I can see, okay, he had it like this. And then if you can adjust the parameters, can you make it more profitable over time? Right. And in the end, you, you with for the betting contract, team A, team B, there's two momentum characteristics. So how hot is A, how hot is B? And if the spread in between the two, if one is like, let's say a minus 15 because they're super cold and one is a plus 10, then it's above our threshold, which we assign to be 20, the difference of 20. So we're going to execute our trading strategy for that game. Okay. The trading strategy where, okay, this is a hot game. This, this game is a game that has a large gap. We're going to bet on this game. What you do is at the open of the betting line, because there's an open when the the line comes out and a close when the right before the game starts. So the strategy is at the open of the betting, you hammer the favorite. 
right? And we do $100 wager units, right? So if it's a, if the favorite is like a minus 500, then we're risking 500 to win 100 in that scenario, right? But then right at the close, then you put a $100 bet on the underdog. Yeah. So you're willing to lay big prices then, it sounds like, when you're talking minus 500. Well, I mean, this is all hypothetical, hypothetical. right? Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. this is we're not hypothetical, I guess you say theoretical. Yeah. Um, but the unit size, we wanted, just for simplicity, we chose 100, you know. And the portfolio, basically, we started out with $10,000. And then, I mean, over time, so then you just have the strategy, you implement the strategy. And then over time, you can see how much that 10,000 goes up, how much it goes down. And then you can look at the volatility, right? You know, is it like really get, are you seeing these large swings every month? It's like going way up to 30,000 and then it goes almost down to zero and then it makes it back. Like, these are all factors that you want to take into consideration when you're looking in a portfolio management type of context. So what I found was in my conclusion, and this is what this guy, Tobias Markowitz found as well, is that it's really the, the vigorish or the, um, the casinos cut that 10% that it's never, it's never like a risk 100 to win hundred. It's always, you have to risk 110 to win hundred. Yeah. Right. And so that we all have to overcome as betters. Yes. And it's, it Jeez. makes it so hard. Yeah. It makes it so hard to, to get a strategy. Alex, did you want to say something? I'm sorry. I saw oh, you. No, 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 no. I was, I was no, agreeing with you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You got to have that yeah. big. And and then it's even more expanded when we're talking about hockey, because you know, you're not laying just 105, 110 all the time, like football, basketball, you got 130, yeah. you got 140, you have to have your own parameter within the parameters of what you're working with as well. Just on what you're comfortable betting with. Yeah. 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 So that's why when we're talking about theoretical, the minus 500s, like that takes a lot of courage to do that, you know, but that's one loss of a minus 500 favorite, Mike. And I'm not telling you something you don't know. And you're digging out of it first. You're going to have to win a few, you know, just to get back to what you lost in that one that lost is a minus 500. For sure. For sure. So then so then I take I, I went even further Whereas, okay, that minus 500, maybe we don't make that other bet, that little hedge bet on the, on the close, on the underdog. Right. Like maybe if that spread is wide enough, if it's like a 30-point like spread in terms of their momentum, that yep. this team is so freaking hot and this team is colder than freaking Antarctica, then maybe we don't make that little hedge. Maybe we Correct. just, you know, then we just do that. So these were the types of things that I w- was able to like adjust within my code to try to make, like literally you you run the code and then it pops you a graph. And I'm just looking at, is it going up? You know, is it going up as much as, and then I'll change a couple, tweak a couple things and then look at the graph again and screenshot it and kind of, okay, that's going to go in into the into the thing. All about but, changing uh, the parameters. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So the change of parameters is huge. And um, in terms of the odds, the vigorish, like we're talking about, um, I was able to take the vigorish out. So I was using like implied vol- implied probability. So when you look at the odds and you can find the implied probability, you guys know about this because you guys are living the dream doing this stuff. Um <laughs> 
the winning days yeah. we are, the losing ones we're not so sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know. I'm sure you guys are. I'm sure it's tough from time to time. I'd love to hear some more about that, but I'll try to wrap up on this thesis piece. Um, but yeah, so I took then I took the vigorish out, and by using the the odds, like the actual odds, and not the casino odds. I mean, you're seeing profitability through the roof. That basically what it comes down to in the end. And then when you have the casino vigorish in there, it just kills all the profitability. And that's exactly what this guy Markowitz found too, was that it's very, very tough, nearly impossible to beat the casino with a, with a systematic approach like this, you know, and, um, that's where the parameters, the adjustment comes in. And, and then I think it just goes to show that you need to have a sense of what's going on. You can't just go by the numbers. You can't just go by the data. And that's why when you reached out, Ian, to talk about this, I'm like, I want to hear how you guys do it. And it's just like, you guys just know your shit. Well, the thing is, we are, we're not math people. We're not uh, <laughs> yeah. algorithm people. We're not uh, we, we don't do it that way at all, believe it mm -hmm. or not. But I was fa I'm fascinated because, look, there's people that do it, you know, more of a, a traditional approach like Alex and I. It's a, basically looking at, you know, raw statistics, raw numbers, looking at scheduling factors, injuries, that kind of thing. We take all of those factors into consideration uh, and then we make a decision. Let's not really math or algorithm or we you put numbers into a computer and in a program and it spits out, oh, we should be betting on this team or we should know we, we don't do it that way. But I'm always fascinated to hear that side of it because there are people that are math and algorithm and model based system based betters in the NHL as well. And they're successful. So it's basically different ways to go about trying to be profitable in the yeah, NHL. There's more than one way to cook a pig when it comes to, to betting on sports. And and for us, our raw data really is just sitting in front of a TV or a screen and watching as much hockey as human beings. Observational better. Yes. <laughs> so yes. so that, that that is a, 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 big, a big chunk of it. Yeah. Yeah, the eye test, yes, literally. That is that is the, the right. biggest form of my handicap. I'm I'm a kid who failed math twice in high school. Uh and I've I've learned more about math having this as a career than I ever did beforehand. But it's because it's related to the sport and watching the sport. So I've been able to kind of be able to understand models and, and different things within the math uh, side of gambling. But it started from just the raw love of sports. And then I had to come into the, the other forms of that. I like that he weighs current form. The, the, the What I got out of what Mike was saying yes. about his algorithm that he would put into that software uh, program that the, he put together is that it, current form matters a lot in Mike's mm -hmm. algorithm and Mike's process, and it definitely matters as well. I've said this for years, no matter what the sport, current form outweighs season-long results. It has to because teams are not going to play well from October to June. You're going to see, oh, they're good in October. Oh, they fall into a valley. Oh, they start playing well again. Oh, they're slumping again. Teams will morph throughout the season and in a lot of cases multiple times and you have to be able uh, to keep up with that um matt robinson by the way is with us maddie is there anything you want to jump in and ask mike um nothing per particular to the thesis uh but i was going to mention i'm a hockey nerd i always look at hockey dbs uh we actually crossed paths in the aj when you were playing for the cyclones i was on the philadelphia little flyers and then I actually played the next season 
for the Northern Cyclones for Bill Flanagan. So um, I was only there about 20 games into the season. I went, ended up going back to the North American League, but uh, played with a lot of guys that you would have played with. Simon Leahy, Felto, Swanson, a lot of those guys. So it's funny how the hockey world, um, I'm a 92. And, you know, with people around your age, how, how many paths you cross, I'm sure. I played with guys that you played at Babson with and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always funny how small the hockey world is. So nice to meet you, man. Yeah, no, nice, nice to meet you too. That's super cool, man. Yeah. Shout out to the Northern Cyclones, man. There, that's a great organization. Um, I mean, they were, you know, Atlantic junior hockey league, not the best league in that area. You know, it's really the Eastern junior hockey league, which is the one that's pr mm -hmm. produces the most division one players. And these guys are just like top of that, that second league, they were top of the league all the time. And now they, they took over a, um, a college I think It was like Neil Webster university. They like took over the dormitories and stuff. And like, they have the players living there. And then now the kids are able to like study as well. So it's not just a junior program. Now they, it's like Cyclones yeah. Academy or whatever. So they're killing yeah. it. Man. It's like a prep yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, great stuff. Yeah, uh, there you go. There's always yeah, a connection. That Isn't that fucking nuts? Yeah, like, Matt, Mike, there's some kind of connection from their time playing hockey. That's the beauty of hockey. Levels. There you go. It's the beauty. Cross paths a lot of cases at some point in time. All right. I know the chat's itching for some picks. For some <laughs> yeah, they're getting antsy. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get there right now. Quickly, because we want to get right into this huge card on last night. All I'll say is great night aside from the Flyers not figuring out how to put a puck into an empty net. It was a great night overall, betting-wise. We had uh, great results, really. Uh, best, be best bet, Toronto, Arizona, over. We had the first period over there. Austin Matthews, congratulations. 50 goals for him. He gets it in his home state. Alex's bargain bin, two goals for Austin Matthews. Cash is at plus 490 last night. And unfortunately, Carter Hutton, by the way, shout out to him. Great job as a guest joining us yesterday. His bargain bin kind of got robbed, but it was the right call. It, it was yeah. offside on what was Nick Robertson's goal. Yeah. That was his bargain bin. It falls short. Matthew Nye's mind falls short. But still, that was a great result with Austin getting the two. And Bobby McMahon at plus, uh, what was it, 400, 500 cashing again. Just plus 440. To score. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Another great find. Uh, he got the uh, opening goal of the game for Toronto there. Philly with the 3-1 win against Chicago. The first thing I've noticed in that game was right as rain was Carter Hutton. He's flopping around and bouncing around. Soderblom mm -hmm. falling down. Something he said, he falls down. Hutton said that. If you go back and yeah. listen to the show yesterday, it's exactly what he said about Arvid Soderblom, Chicago goaltender. He falls down, his feet stink. And that's exactly what we saw through uh, multiple parts of that game. Uh, last night in that loss to the Flyers. Great game, believe it or not. Buffalo, Montreal, back and forth. Sabres get the victory on the dad's trip there. Uh, we saw Columbus and Anaheim. That was another good game uh, there with the uh, overs cash. And we didn't get the both teams to score. That's the only uh, negative. The both teams to score in that game and the Toronto game did not hit in the first period. But everything else did. It was great. And Columbus with a 7-4 to four win over Anaheim. And then the game of the night was Boston-Edmonton. It was just unbelievable hockey. Bruins losing Matt Grizzlick shorthanded on D, and yet they got out, you know, a win six to five in overtime. Hell of a job by the Bruins, but their blue line is banged up. Shattenkirk and Lindholm, and now Grizzlick. So watch out for that when they play in Calgary here tonight on a back to back. We'll get to that when we break down that game, but a hell of a hockey game. Six five. Uh, Alex was on the draw and the live draw. We were all on the live draw. 
with the uh, Bruins and the uh, Oilers last night. First period over as well. Very easy winner there. So great result there. Bruins, Oilers, and a heck of a hockey game. Pulsating action, as Jack Michaels would say, the uh, Oilers television voice. And by the way, shout out to Louis DeBrusque and Jake. That was a great television moment last night. Uh, And sure enough, uh, Jake DeBrusque scores a goal in front of his father, Louis, who, of course, does the uh, analyst job in the booth for Edmonton games. So that was really, really good to see. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts on the uh, Wednesday night? Yeah, I mean, like I said, a wonderful card. Uh, that Boston-Edmonton game was just absolutely fantastic. I had over six from the day before. That cashed in nice and easy. Had the draw pregame and grabbed some live and uh, pretty much made up for all the other small losses that I had throughout the night. But uh, like I said, cash in first period over in that game as well. So that was a very profitable game. Flyers-Hawks game was just absolutely annoying. I mean, it, it was just, you know, one, Scott Lawton missing the empty net was just absolutely brutal. Yeah, and, and there was about a minute and – 30 seconds, minute, 40 seconds with empty net time. Flyers did nothing with it. Flyers looked bad for about 45 minutes of this game. And only because of Arvid Soderblom is the reason why the Hawks lost. So this is about seven or eight games now where we can solely pin the majority of blame. Let's just say the majority of blame. I won't say solely, but the majority of blame can be pinned on Arvid Soderblom because the Hawks had a lot of energy in life. Of course, they couldn't get a lot of offensive chances going because they're still inept offensively. Even with Bedard back, and he's done all the heavy lifting since he's returned. Uh, essentially, he's been involved in, I think, about 92% of the scoring plays in the four games since he's returned. Uh, so somebody else has to step up and, and help him out in that department. But but Soderblom, just, even if you're tanking right now, <laughs> you're also kind of destroying morale in the way of tanking by the way that he's playing because these defensemen are losing confidence day by day. And that's the biggest thing you're supposed to be doing with guys like Korchinski and Phillips and Vlasic. You're supposed to be building confidence with those guys. And you can't do that when, okay, we make one mistake. We know it's going to be a goal because we don't have a goalie back here. We got a bunch of cardboard boxes. So that, that game pissed me off. But other than that, everything else was really good for the last time. Matty, how about you? I know it was a good night for you as well, Matt. Yeah, definitely a good night. I'm trying not to repeat, you know, everything you guys just mentioned, but I definitely started slow. Um, had a couple bets in that Buffalo-Montreal game that ended up not cashing. Um, had the first period over, and then uh, I live bet the the total over at five and a half. Going into the third, 3-2, felt really good about it. Obviously a tough miss. Had a bunch of wins in the Toronto-Arizona game, though, that definitely made up for it. And then, you know, also in the Oilers um Boston game, which was the game that I was probably tuned into most, especially after the first of that Toronto game. I feel like all the bets were looking pretty good um, as far as that game goes. So was tuned into TNT. Um, always a great broadcast per usual. And then, you know, had those nice sneaky bets on the, the Columbus Anaheim game that both hit as well. First period over, game over, uh, things like that. So, yeah, another great card tonight. So excited to, to get into it. And we will get into it in just a moment. Mike, I want to ask you, obviously, being in Switzerland, how much NHL do you get to check out? Obviously, not as much as us, but how, how often do you get in to say, oh, see a live game or watch con- condensed game replays or highlights of some kind? Oh, yeah. I mean, the uh, condensed games or the quick recaps with the NHL app, that's always my great too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if I can tune in at, like, for the 7 p.m. Eastern time games, that's 1 a.m. here. So maybe once or twice a week, if I can catch one, if I happen to be up, you know, having some beers or whatever. But I wish I could watch a lot more. The condensed and the recaps, I try to get the most out of them, but I can't read it as well as you guys, you know. 
no, that that you know, enjoy your playing days, Mike. Soak it in, enjoy them, stretch it out for as long as you can. The days will come when you're going to be like us, and you're going to be watching right. all these games and researching <laughs> like crazy. That those days will come. Uh, don't don't rush them. You got lots of hockey left in you first, no doubt. All right, let's get into this Thursday card, and we start with I think the game of the night, one of the games of the night, Eastern Conference Finals rematch, Florida Panthers. Whew, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina minus 115 home favorites, six the total in this game. I'm going to go right to Mike first because Mike moved from New Jersey to North Carolina as a young kid and ended up becoming a Carolina Hurricanes fan. He actually was a Devils fan very early as a kid, but became a Hurricanes fan. Give us some memories of Carolina Hurricanes hockey for you growing up. You got to see the 2006 Stanley Cup victory, of course, when they beat Edmonton in that great seven game series. So your love for the hurricanes and hockey down there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was it Oh six or Oh seven was when they won that, uh, the Stanley cup. I mean, that was just for Carolina hockey for young kids growing up. Now everybody wants to be a hockey player. I mean, that just says something about the trajectory of hockey in general throughout the States. You know, you got Austin Matthews coming from Arizona, Florida is developing that, you know, that Gostas beer. So sick. This guy's gross. Um, and then, yeah. And then when, when I end up going to uh, somebody asking the chat, which prep school I went to, I went to New Hampton school. It's up in uh, New Hampshire, but there's like a bunch of Boston fans up there. So it was like, the one or two years after the Canes won that cup. And then they were, it were like Eastern conference finals against the Bruins. Yeah. I think it was like Scott Walker, like maybe blindsided or punch sucker, punch someone in the face. Loved his like game that. though. That guy was just yeah. worked his ass off, worked his bag off, took no prisoners, loved yeah. Scott Walker's game. Yep. Yeah. That was crazy Hard to watch. I think yep. they beat, I think. So then it was like back to back years, Eastern conference finals, I think with the Bruins, I think the Hurricanes won one, or maybe it was the the series before. But it was just like then it was. I was the only Carolina Hurricanes fan in Boston for you know a little bit. But um, for this game tonight, I want to say that uh, I think Carolina has a bit of an advantage that they they played what two nights ago, and I think that you know being around your family and not being on the road and to have like, maybe they had a day off yesterday. I'm assuming they maybe had a little morning skate and then they were able to, I don't know, the weather down. They played Carolina Monday against right Chicago, now. so two days off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they had two don't days matter. off since Chicago. They pumped Chicago 6-3 at home. I think the boys are feeling good. They've been around their families for the last couple of days, enjoying the Carolina weather. Big matchup, like you said. And yeah, Florida is hot, but I think Carolina, I think they're, they're comfortable where they are in their lives. You know, not even just hockey. I think life is good for the boys right now, and I think they're going to do it tonight. There you go, like in Carolina. And he's jumping on the Matt Robinson bandwagon of uh, trying to make a case for his own team as much as humanly possible uh, on this uh, Ice Guys show. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that, Mike. I have been raking in the cash left and right with Florida this season, especially the last month and especially on the road. But I don't love them tonight against this Carolina team, because I'm going to give the Hurricanes their due. They've won five of their last six. The only loss was at Dallas, where you could argue they outplayed Dallas in that game. And quite honestly, Ottinger was very good when the uh, Stars beat the Canes 4-2 to two that night. Other than that, they beat New Jersey one nothing. Their defense is back to looking phenomenal again. You know, one goal allowed to Zona to go to Vegas and beat them 3-1. to one. 
That was very, very impressive. Uh, 6-3 against Chicago at home. I like where this team's game is at right now. They're not only getting their offense going, and you know, uh, certainly Svechnikov is back and healthy again. Bunting's heating up. Aho is always consistent. Uh, they've got the likes of Stefan Nason, Tara Vaughn, Marty Natchez has been outstanding lately. Um, so I like their game right now. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and Pyotr Kochetkov should be the goalie matchup. It will be Bobrovsky for Florida, projected to be Kochetkov. And I like the way Kochetkov is trending right now for Carolina. He's playing very well uh, going into this matchup. 30 saves in the win against Arizona. He has given up in his last uh, five starts. Uh, we have seen Kochetkov give up just a, a grand total of nine goals. So he's been very solid uh, going back to December 30th. We've seen Kochetkov give up two or fewer seven times. So he's really starting to play some solid hockey. The only thing I like here is the draw. I'm going to sprinkle on the draw here with the Panthers and Hurricanes. That's it. Nothing on the side. I actually lean under six in this game because I just think with both teams defensively, what we're seeing from them right now, this could be a little bit of a cagey, tight, low-scoring affair. Both teams are defending at a high level right now. Goals against and expected Goals against for both the Panthers and the Hurricanes right now are very high. They're top five expected goals against teams lately. And as goals against, they're also excellent of late. So uh, it feels like this could be a tighter, maybe low-scoring affair. Just the draw for me in this one because I do think we could see a pretty competitive game and a chance for overtime. They played each other earlier this year. Florida won uh, in Florida. That was the first meeting since last year's Eastern Final when the Panthers swept the Hurricanes. Uh, but now you're in Carolina, and I think Carolina now, um, you know they've had this spot circled. There's no question about that. And I like their form enough to not bet against them at home, even though I've been rolling with Florida at, on the road repeatedly lately. So it's going to be a stay off for me from a side perspective uh, other than the draw. Uh, Alex, what do you like here in this great, great matchup, this ECF rematch, Panthers-Hurricanes? Yeah, I'm expecting tight hockey too. I do think we can see if we see any goals, we see them early. So I'm going to be looking live for a first period over. Dollar twenty five is a cheap price, so we should be four or five minutes into the game, definitely getting plus money. And if I see the kind of pace and tempo I like, we can jump in and grab that. But I'm definitely all over that draw. Plus three twenty five is not the best of prices, but you know that's going to be we're seeing this now. And I made it. I posted a tweet earlier talking about how certain books, notably Bet Online. They flip-flop now where the draw price is right at that 300 level where the yes-no overtime prop is now the higher value at plus 325, for example, in this particular contest. So shop around, look between your yes-no props and your and your regulation draws, depending on what books you have, because you might find value hitting one side or the other. So that being said, I have this technically as a yes to go to overtime plus 325, but shop around for the same bet, just different value. Uh, Panthers, Canes, it should be a tight one. Like I said, under makes a lot of sense, but I've seen some history, and, and you have to throw out the playoff history, of course. Obviously, the playoff games are going to be played way tighter, but if you look at the regular season, there's been a little bit more offense, especially early in, in games. So I'm looking for a first period over live, but definitely will be on that draw as well. All right, live first period over and the draw here for Alex uh, in this one. Uh, you're right, that race to 4-0, no, plus 130. I mean, we've seen a lot of 3-1-3-2 lately with these two teams, so maybe maybe that can get home. Uh, Matt, how about you here, Florida-Carolina? Yeah, I think this is one of those games where I don't have a lot to bet on it, but I'm very excited to watch it. I think it's going to be a playoff type of game. Um, I do think both teams will come out hard just knowing that, you know, 
they are both probably going to see each other in the playoffs if they're going to go the distance. Um, so I do like the first period over. Alex makes a great point, minus 125. So literally five minutes into the game, it may be you know pretty good plus money. Um, but you always run the risk of that early goal. So I may sprinkle the first period over and then jump in live if it does get some better odds. Because I think there will be some goals in this game. Um, but I do think it'll slow down as the game gets on and they kind of feel each other out. There we go. Good stuff. And uh, as Mike, the Hurricanes fan with us, we hope that uh, we hope his Hurricanes uh, can finally get one over on the uh, Florida Panthers because we know they've kind of had their number going back to the playoffs uh, last year. All right. By the way, for props in that game, um, I would say as far there's not really anything huge as far as moving up the uh, lineup uh, here in this game tonight. Uh, but I will say this for Florida. Uh, we have seen, you know, Kachuk really heat up lately. We've seen, obviously, Reinhardt just cool off ever so slightly. Uh, but Verhage on the top line you could look at. And for Carolina, I think the the props I'm most focused on, Bunting's heating up. Natchez has been outstanding. I'll throw one at you, though. Jesper Faust is on the top line for Carolina tonight with Aho and Svechnikov. And this is another case of betting markets and odds makers not pricing this properly. So we do have one case of a guy up the lineup, top line role for uh, Jesper Foss tonight, it looks like, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And you can find him tonight at plus 550 uh, to score a goal tonight. Wow, that is a, a terrific price. Plus 550, Jesper Faust with Aho and Svechnikov uh, on that top line tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. All right, Dallas and Ottawa next game. Dallas minus 165 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. I mean, I feel like I talk about the same bets that I like with Dallas in particular of late when they play. So I'm just going to keep it brief so we can keep a nice pace here. First period over, first period both teams to score, full game over, and Dallas team total, which I like the most of all, actually. Dallas team total at a nice over three and a half here uh, in this game at around minus 130 or so. Here it is. Dallas had two games where they played very well and nothing to show for it. One out of four points when they could have won both games against the Rangers and the Bruins uh, earlier this week. It's a nice little bounce back spot. Ottawa played uh, two tough games in Florida. Uh, they beat Tampa, fell short agonizingly in overtime. Now they are playing better, Ottawa. It's not a shoe in for Dallas. They're going to have to bring it tonight, Dallas, if they're going to win because Ottawa is playing better hockey. Their form lately has been better. But I'm going to still trust them here after two straight losses where they certainly were the better team and played well enough to win. They got robbed by Boston. Uh, Swayman had a good game that day. Uh, and then, of course, um, we saw what uh, Shesterkin did. He was un insane against the Stars on Tuesday night. So uh, I'm going to go with Dallas team total over. It's the bet that I like the most in this game. Also a little smaller first period over, first period both teams to score because Dallas does seem to give up a goal in the, in the opening 20 minutes often. So, And, of course, over six and a half as well. Uh, Alex, what are you liking here, Dallas-Ottawa? Yeah, just scrambling around because I'm trying to find things that don't exist anymore, like first period both teams to score a bet online. So I'm going to have to switch over to FanDuel. But I like the both teams to score. Get to FanDuel. That, FanDuel, by the yeah. way, plus 360 for the draw in that last game, Florida. Carolina. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice. And um, yeah, so I like both teams to score in the first period, but I like Dallas first period puck line. I got plus 150 laying that half a goal. I think the stars are going to take out some, uh, some of that frustration on Ottawa early and often also we'll be looking at Dallas team total over. So those are my three plays for this. All right. Good stuff there. Uh, Matt, what are you thinking for your stars here against the Ottawa senators? 
Yeah, this kind of has a feeling like the uh, that Nashville game. Um, I don't think they're going to win 9-2, to two, uh, but I do think this is a game that they know they've had two good games uh, and only got one point out of it, so they're going to come out strong. I love Alex's play of, of first-period puck line. Um, I'll also be on the first period over. And if I can find it, I'm going to be on the first period Dallas team total over one and a half. I think, you know, them to score two goals in the first isn't a big ask against Ottawa right now. Um, but yeah, and then Ian, you mentioned this is your favorite play of this game, but stars team total over three and a half. It seems like a no brainer. You know, if it is a tight game and ends up four, four going into overtime, you make sure you hit there. Um, but I, I just, I think Dallas comes out similar to Nashville. Again, I don't think it's going to be a nine to two game or anything like that. Uh, but I could see it being a four, one, five, two type game. Um, I think, you know, they want to take care of business, especially against an inferior team in, uh, in Ottawa. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think it's a good situation here for Dallas. Yeah, a lot of props that I'm interested in. Ty Delandria, Matt Duchesne, Joel Hanley, Wyatt Johnston, Mason Marchment, Tyler Sagan, and, and well, Wedgwood's not playing. But those are the guys that are at Ontario boys uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, that are playing in Ottawa tonight. So a little extra incentive. That's the angle we look at too, Mike, with player props, the player going back home or to his home province or home hometown, and he always wants to play well and better chance maybe to see him hit, score a goal or collect an assist or get, an, get a point. Uh, that's definitely an angle we use with player props here uh, on this show, no question about that. Uh, Forsberg and Ottinger, by the way, confirmed goaltender matchup here. Uh, Mike, what do you think about this one here, Dallas-Ottawa? Yeah, I'd say probably just to echo you guys, I like the uh, the Dallas over, especially when you look at Forsberg. He's under 900 save percentage, you know, so I don't know if you can have a lot of confidence in him. Three, 3.2 goals a game. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like Dallas, Dallas over total. Oh, and it's a cheap minus 118 at Pinnacle with that uh, team total there for the. By the way, for Ottawa, there is a prop that I like a couple Pinto and I like Stutzla. Stutzla is really starting the last couple games. Stutzla's really stepped up plus 260 uh, for Timmy Stutzla uh, to find the uh, back of the net here tonight for Ottawa. Just don't dive, man. Stop with that. Stop with the BS. Stop with the bullshit. No more diving. No more embellishment. I mean, Mike and I were talking about how that's what we hate about soccer. Don't bring those elements here into this sport. Enough with that. Knock it off, Tim Stutzla. You're better than that. You're a good player. Just don't dive. Don't embellish. Enough. Yes. Yeah. The European European soccer soccer culture is in his blood for Stutzla. So hopefully he can remember that he's playing hockey. Exactly. All right. Colorado and Detroit next up. This is a fascinating one. We've got Colorado. Big win for them against Vancouver. Not the greatest of spots for them. And they're back on the road where they've struggled quite a bit this season against a Detroit team that they're coming off a long road trip uh, out west. So your guess is as good as mine. Who's in the better spot here uh, in this game? I remember back in the days I'm old enough. Alex is old enough. Avs Red Wings, one of the best rivalries in hockey uh, in the late 90s uh, when both of these teams were awesome and Stanley Cup contenders uh, at the same time. Detroit's won two in a row, but again, they're off the four-game road trip through Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, and Seattle. Uh, Colorado's off the big win against Vancouver. They play at Detroit. They go back home to face Toronto on Saturday night. So it, this is a fascinating game. What I'm going to probably look at here, let me just see what the goaltending is here for this game. Uh, it looks like Alex Lyon 
is going to be a net for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And I am starting to believe for, uh, and Billy Huso remains out. So Lyon is in net. He hasn't been nearly as sharp lately. I do want to point that out. Lyon has given up three goals or more in five straight starts. So it hasn't been as smooth sailing lately for Alex Lyon. He's played more games and he hasn't been as effective in net lately for Detroit. But I'm seeing it might be Eustace Onanen here tonight for uh, Colorado. And this is a guy that I have no confidence in right now. He's been struggling. This probably is an opportunity for Detroit here maybe to pounce on this if indeed it is Eustace Onanen in net. So I'll like it more if we get the Onanen confirmation, but I'll still make it official right now. You know. Uh, the trifecta of overs for me here. First period, uh, over six and a half. This Ian Cameron over trifecta has really been good lately. Two of the three of those cashed in the Toronto Zona game, the Columbus Anaheim game. We've swept it a couple of times earlier in the week. We've really been uh, seeing it well with saying this is the game to go with the over trifecta. First period over, first period BTTS, and then, of course, full game over. Uh, that is what I'm uh, liking here with the abs and the red wings plus the abs got caught in a bit of a you know tighter bigger game with vancouver three to one this is where i think it unfurls a little bit more uh, offensively here uh, alex what do you think colorado detroit i mean i like the look of the over trifecta but the numbers are a little too high for me so i'm gonna kind of do it my little version first period over and full game over live along with both teams to score in the first period and i'm gonna take a small shot with detroit I'm uh, seeing plus 115 at BetMGM, and it is confirmed by goalie post. It will be Alex Lyon and Eustace Anderson. So uh, yeah. with that goaltending matchup, I can back the wings here, despite the fact I'm running into a massive buzzsaw of a trend with Colorado dominating in the, the last 10 meetings of, of the series of winning. But uh, except this used to be one of the greatest rivalries in all the sports uh, during the 90s and early 2000s. So be interesting to see if we can get some of that kind of fever back. Detroit trying to fight for that last Wild card spot while Colorado's fighting for a division uh, title. So maybe we can see some animosity and some of that electricity. It won't be the same, but something close to it, it should be a good one to watch. I also want to point out this is a Malinsky special game, which says bet Colorado because Detroit's coming off the four game road trip. But the Malinsky special doesn't hit every night. Remember, we talked about Columbus, LA. You know, that was a bet that the said, said bet against L.A. that night and L.A. got the job done. And I just I feel with Colorado with on and in a net and on the road after a big win. That's not something I'm looking at. It isn't. So I'm with Alex. If I'm betting aside, it's Detroit. And I would probably sp split it up. To, and I probably will now that it's on. And in. I mean, I am that negative on his play right now. John Massey hit it right with on and in. he can't find the puck half the time. And that's a big problem. This young kid still is not NHL ready. Uh, yet so Detroit team total and even a little money line on Detroit I might add if, that to the portfolio if you can't find the puck you're not just NHL ready you're not NHL material yeah yeah that's an issue that's that's just part of what you need to do as a goalie track the puck exactly uh, what do you think here Matt Colorado Detroit yeah I like the uh the first period over both teams to score and game over as well uh, but I do agree with Alex. It's kind of a hefty price. So I definitely will be on both teams to score first period pregame, uh, but may wait for the other two live. Um, and then I kind of, I'm going to go with uh, what Jason Demers said on uh, the BetCast a few weeks back. Um, Detroit coming off that four game road trip, the first period they'll feel drunk. You know, it's, you know, they're home. It's, it's weird. 
Uh, so I may jump on the Colorado puck line just in that first period. And then I think Detroit kind of figures it out. But I'm seeing plus 160 on Colorado to have the lead after one. I think it's I think it's worth throwing a little bit on. So uh, those will be my plays. And then as far as props go, I feel like Kane's kind of heating up. So um, I may throw a, a Kane anytime goal scorer prop out there as well. He is. He is. Patrick Kane, healthy again and starting to produce again. All right, Mike, how about you? Colorado, Detroit. Yeah, I have the same same uh, intuition as you guys with the D- Detroit Red Wings. I think that they have the value here, uh, especially with the goaltending situation with Colorado. I would say money line Detroit would be my pick. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, just a little bit contrary to what Matt said, I I, I think that they're going to be happy to be home off the four game the four game road trip. I think they're going to feel comfortable in the first period, and um, I. I would say probably it's going to be tied after the first period. Not, uh, but there was value on that line plus one sixty for Colorado in the first period. So I could see why he would say that. But yeah. that's gambling, baby. You see it all. You see it all. It's actually the high. A line as high as plus one seventy at Caesars. So there's some value in that. Yep, and that tells you shop around. We always uh, t- tell everyone that. Make sure you shop around. That always helps you get the uh, best of the number, no question. As far as the uh, props go, I like Lekkanen. Lekkanen for Colorado, man. He's heating up. There's It's still good value on him right now. Arturi Lekkanen for the uh, Colorado Avalanche for Detroit. Like uh, Matt said, you know, uh, he's definitely – maybe Rasmussen again. He got the contract extension uh, yesterday. I know John Massey took a shot against Seattle. Didn't pay off that day, but it looks like they're keeping him. Uh, New Zealand alone is keeping him up there with Larkin and Kane. He inked the four-year deal. Maybe a little contract bump tonight for Michael Rasmussen. So maybe he finds the uh, back of the net tonight. All right, next up, Montreal and Pittsburgh. Uh, Penguins minus 260, home favorites. Uh, six the total uh, in this game. So we really lay in minus 260 with Pittsburgh now? No. Dog and draw. This is nuts. And maybe, look, Montreal on a back-to-back, I get it. Montreal's lost a few in a row, I get it. But I'm okay with that. Taking a shot. Dog plus 220 and the draw in this game. I like the draw even more. Look at this series history with Montreal-Pittsburgh. Both meetings earlier this year went to an overtime or a shootout. It was 4-3 in a shootout for Pittsburgh and Montreal in December. In Pittsburgh, it was 3-2 Penguins in overtime. So you're looking at both meetings this year have gone past regulation with the Habs and the Penguins. Um, Yeah, I know Pittsburgh needs the game badly. This team's form is disgraceful. They cannot be minus 260. If they're going to be minus 260, I'm taking them a chance betting against them, which is exactly what I'm doing here. So Montreal plus 220 and the draw as well for me. And again, shop around. FanDuel has this Montreal-Pittsburgh draw uh, for tonight at plus 400, which is a really good price there uh alex what do you think here habs penguins this is one of my favorite draw plays of the night and especially with that price 400 is hard to come by these days but when you have uh two teams that that have just kind of historically played each other tight pittsburgh needing points in the worst of ways so you, you can't go wrong looking at the draw with pittsburgh for the majority of the time here on out because they want to try and play tight hockey they're having trouble scoring so they have to play more uh responsible defensively slow things down so Plus 400, that's the only thing I'm rolling over here, the draw and the Habs and Pens. Uh, Caden Primo and Nett for Montreal, Tristan Jari for Pittsburgh. That is your confirmed matchup. I do want to point this out about uh, Primo. Last start for him, uh, last couple have been a little bit better. You know, he had a good game against Philadelphia. 
Uh, we saw him play very well uh, against Anaheim February the 13th as well. So, hey, look, he's going to have his ups and downs. He's had some bad starts too, but Primo's been a little bit better lately, and uh, so that's why I don't mind taking the shot on Montreal. But that draw I really like, plus 400 with this draw. Penguins a bit – they just went to OT against the Islanders the other night. Both meetings this year, Montreal-Pittsburgh went to overtime or a shootout. So that plus 400, that is a terrific price for, I think, a stronger probability for overtime tonight than that plus 400 would indicate. Uh, Matt, what do you think here, Montreal-Pittsburgh? Yeah, only one play here really caught my eye, and I do like the draw, so I am going to sprinkle on the draw. Um, I wasn't really looking at it pregame, just given the the side odds, um, but like you mentioned, Pittsburgh should not be minus 260 against anyone. Um, I don't care if it's Montreal and they're at home. But the one play I do like pregame as well is Montreal's team total over two and a half is even money. Um, I think why if if it doesn't go into overtime 2-2, I think it's very likely Montreal can score three goals in this game. So that'll be my uh, two plays pregame. I'd be interested to know if uh... – Mike Volman algorithm, which weighs current form heavily, would agree with Pittsburgh being a minus 260 favorite tonight in this game, given the fact that Pittsburgh has lost five of their last six games, one and five in their last six, as they need every point they can get, and yet they're not getting many points right now. What do you think, Mike, Montreal-Pittsburgh? Yeah, no, for sure. I wish that my algorithm was up and running with up-to-date data, but um, no, I think the old expression, if it looks like shit, it smells like shit and it's definitely shit. And I don't think, I mean, minus 260, that's just not value for Pittsburgh. I'd say uh, got to go either Montreal or the draw. I mean, the, the plus 400 for the draw seems like it could be a nice little spice up for a parlay or, you know, right straight up. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, last night we had Boston Edmonton draw and this one, there's just a lot of factors pointing to it. The, the two straight games that have gone past regulation this year head-to-head -head with Montreal-Pittsburgh. Uh, and then the propensity for Montreal has played a couple OT games lately. Pittsburgh went to OT the other night against the Islanders, so makes sense. As far as props, Crosby, Slavkovsky, both one for each team tonight. Uh, that's what I'd be looking at. All right, next up, not Columbus Anaheim. We got to update the graphic. It is uh, <laughs> Washington and Tampa Bay. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Tampa Bay uh, minus one ninety uh, home favorites. Uh, the total in this one uh, six and yeah six and a half actually shaded to the under. Um, no, I, I don't know if I'm going to do it with the Lightning tonight. I really don't. Um, they really they really bothered me. They really burned me the other night against Ottawa. That was disheartening. What I saw from them. You got absolutely trucked, stomped by Florida, and your response is losing at home to the Ottawa Senators, albeit Ottawa's playing better lately. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trusting them again. I certainly lean in the direction of maybe a Lightning team total over here, but I'm a little gun shy after what I saw in that Ottawa game. That was not good. That was supposed to be a, a stone cold Tampa Bay spot where you're off an embarrassing loss against a team you're better than at home, and you didn't get the job done. So I am definitely a little leery of going back to that well with Tampa Bay. Lindgren and Vasilevsky is your matchup. Honestly, this is a pass for me other than maybe I'll probably actually take Ovechkin to score a goal. Ovechkin scored in, what, six of the last seven or seven of the last eight. He's been up for them. I'd probably maybe consider uh, on the uh, Tampa Bay side of the equation. I'm just, I think there was someone that moved up the lineup uh, for Tampa Bay tonight. Let me see who it was. Uh, it was Asimont. 
uh, on the second line. So Mikey Acemont might take a shot with him. And to Rocco's question earlier, it's Jesper Faust that's moving up to the top line for Carolina uh, tonight. So that's who I mentioned, Jesper Faust. Uh, Alex, what do you think here in this one? Washington, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I like this first period over uh, one and a half. I laid it down at 35 with it. We've seen both these teams uh, seven and three the last 10 to the first period over. Three of the last five meetings have gone over in the first period. Uh, like I said, at Tampa Bay, they've got to either come out flying hot and get their offense rolling, or they're going to look like they have the last few games and they're going to give up some goals. So uh, maybe a little sprinkle on uh, both teams to score as well. I don't like that side so much as I do just the first period over just straight up. So I'll have a little bit more on the, the over one and a half than I will both teams to score. All right, Matt, how about you? Capitals, Lightning. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really like the sides, just given the value. I think Tampa Bay um, turns things around and takes care of business in this one. Um, and, you know, typically my play is is the over at Tampa. Um, when they do score and play well, they tend to score five or six goals. So um, I might wait in game to try and get six because I'm not super confident in the Capitals right now uh, at scoring their side. Um, but, yeah, this isn't. This isn't my ideal game. Tampa hasn't been playing well. Washington obviously has been struggling. Um, you know, I know Tampa's still in the mix, so I, I think they get the win. If anything, maybe Tampa and regulation is worth a look. Um, but yeah, for me, it'll generally be a pass. All right, Mike, what do you think of this one? Washington, Tampa. Yeah, I think it's always tough to uh, to bet on bet against Vasilevsky, um, especially. I mean, they haven't been playing well. So they're due for a bounce back. He's due for a big game. So definitely probably would be a, a pass for me as well. If I had to choose, though, I'm taking the lightning at home. All right, good stuff. All right, we got the battle of, well, tri-state battle. Next up, one of the better games tonight as well, the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. Uh, minus 110 both sides uh, here in this game, and the total currently sitting at, uh, looks like, uh, let me just see here with the total, uh, six and a half actually six and a half with the uh, total here rangers devils um when you look at this matchup here rangers i ain't betting against them yet at the same time okay new jersey had that lay an egg performance against washington six to two and you get the sense that maybe this is the one that they had circled this is the one that they're bringing it here tonight but Tell you what, the Rangers keep finding ways to win undefeated since the All-Star break, which we've talked about. They've now reeled off seven in a row since the break. 3-1 win against Dallas. Now, look, they did have to get bailed out by Shesterkin uh, in that game. He's the main reason they uh, prevailed against the Stars the other night. But, you know, he's playing extremely well at the moment for the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, and, of course, he is expected back in net. It was not the greatest night for Nico Dawes the other night, who had been playing well. Not one of his better games against Washington. In the loss the other night, we'll see if he uh, bounces back here in this one. Uh, Rangers are past, but you know what? I'm I'm up, I'm opting to pass because I just got that feeling New Jersey's going to bring a pretty good game tonight. I don't know about win, but uh, I do think after the loss against Washington, they'll be a whole hell of a lot better here uh, in this game tonight uh, against the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, by the way, Panarin, also it's worth noting, day-to-day, uh, -day, uh, lower body injury. He missed practice yesterday due to this lower body injury so he is a game time decision same with vc for the uh rangers and of course blake wheeler 
uh, his season over with that unfortunate injury we saw out of him. Uh, New Jersey Devils, uh, of course, they're still without Dougie Hamilton. But other than that, they're, they got most of their guys back. Looks like John Marino actually on the blue line is a game-time decision as well uh, for this one. For me, you know, I, I, I'm not looking at a whole lot here, really, uh, in this one, um, side or total, quite honestly. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Rangers, Devils? Yeah, this is only another game where I, I like the first period over and the draw. I like the first period over a bit more here. One and a half minus a dollar thirty-five. Thirteen of the last twenty-one meetings have gone over in the first period with these two teams. So uh, he said the Hudson River rivalry. This always kind of a heated start. You already got a lot of penalties, a lot of hits. So uh, we can see some powerful chances. And I think we see some goals early here. So I might look for a live over as well. See if it's. Maybe three or four minutes without some scoring, I can get that six and a half down to a six at MGM or to a five and a half laying the same price. Then uh, I'll take a shot with that. But I'm, I'm liking the first period over. And I, of course, like the draw here, too. These are uh, two teams that have played each other quite tight. We haven't seen a, a OT since going back into the playoffs, but uh, we have seen some kind of closer battles historically. So uh, this is a smaller draw, not one of my favorites, but I will have some in pocket along with that first period over. And this is not true blue playoff revenge, playoff redemption, because these teams already played once earlier this season. Rangers won in New Jersey, just like with Florida, Carolina. Earlier in the show, we talked about it. They've already played once as well. And this rivalry is so heated, it, it doesn't matter. It carries over playoffs or not. Where Florida, Carolina might be a little different where you'd want to, you know, have the first game off or something like that. But even – and they used to be division rivals too going back. But, yeah, when you have playoff division – rivalries happen then the revenge doesn't really matter that much it's just going to always carry over no matter what time of year it is yeah it's rangers devils and if you're the rangers you want to keep winning because you haven't lost since the break and if you're the devils you want to beat the rangers because you don't like them and, and you need the points so there shouldn't be any issue with a lack of uh getting up for this game plus 158 by the way at FanDuel for that both teams to score first period in this game i think that's what i'm closest to maybe looking at in this game i could see one one opening period here what do you think uh, matt rangers devils yeah i like the first period over and i i definitely don't hate the both teams to score um really don't know the side here i would lean the rangers just given recency um but i know the devils at home you know there is a rivalry there i typically stay off these types of games uh from a side perspective so i'll probably just jump on either the first period over both teams to score uh, i'll see what the value is on that uh just normal first period over and take it from there Lately for the Rangers, I've been on Will Cooley props, Alexi Lafreniere props. VC may not play, and if VC doesn't play, though, Capo Caco might take that spot on the top line, and he scored in two of the last three games. So it might be Capo Caco time as far as uh, Rangers props tonight uh, in this game. And then for New Jersey, uh, let me see what we've got here. Um, really, their lines are status quo, nothing major. He sheer has been hot after a loss. I think the captain might get on the board tonight. I could see it maybe to Foley. Hughes has actually been a little quiet lately, uh, but I'd look maybe Heeshear to Foley, maybe Mercer as well. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Mike? Good matchup here, Rangers-Devils. Yes, sir, huge matchup, and the answer is Rangers, 100%. Um, Devils, you know, they got a young defensive core. Marino, he's uh, questionable. As you said, the goaltending was very flaky against um, against Washington the last game. And kind of like I mentioned before, you look at the Rangers since February 10th, that was their last like away game where they had a really big travel. Ever since then, they've been playing at home and they played where they had the stadium series. Right. So and then now 
Now they're heading over just across the Hudson. The boys are staying at home. They stayed at home last night. They've been at home with the wives and kids. They're feeling good. Life is good for these guys. They're going to go in and do some work tonight. Keep in mind, Mike's first team that he was a fan of growing up in New Jersey was the Devils. So he's going against them tonight and liking the New York Rangers here in this matchup. All right, next up, we've got the New York Islanders and St. Louis Blues. Minus 125 road favorite, six the total in this game. You know what we're doing here. Give me those Thailanders. Draw. Draw. Easy choice. Easy decision. Islanders have been a draw magnet again lately. Look at the stadium series against the Rangers. Look at the game against Pittsburgh the other night. This is East versus West. Each of these teams are in their own playoff battle, separate from one another. They don't give two shits if they the other gets points. Blues don't care if the Islanders get a point in this game and vice versa. Draw for me in this game. Nothing really on the side or total. I'm not laying a price with the Islanders on the road. Don't love it. St. Louis is now off losses to Toronto and Nashville at home. I think it's a nice bounce back spot for them. So I, I actually think I lean St. Louis, but not enough to bet it. Just give me the draw. That's what I like here. What do you think, Alex? Islanders blues. This is the strongest draw play on the board tonight at plus 350. You got the Islanders who've gone three games in a row past regulation. You have the Blues, where if you take a look at this home stretch, just the last five games, the team that they played beat up the Habs. They couldn't slow down the Maple Leafs. A few teams can. Couldn't, you know, able to get a good win against the Oilers. Predators game was real tight with some goals late. They ended up losing. And that Maple Leafs game uh, started off slow and they ended up losing. So they've been trying to slow down the pace of, of games early. And if you do that with the Islanders, they're not going to draw the fight out and, and speed things up. They're going to go right there with you. So uh, this is a strong draw play at plus 350. You heard it right there from Alex B. Smith, and I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, this popped off the page. You know, you always get those bets in a certain game. Uh, the, it just jumps off the page at you. And for this game, it was definitely the draw. There's no three straight, by the way, for the Islanders have gone past uh, regulation. There's no doubt. I actually sprinkled on the over a little bit just because of series history. We've seen three straight overs, six, one, five, two, seven, four. I can't explain why, but we have seen a lot of goals here with Islanders and blues. And look, the Islanders defensively, the last two games have been a shit show. So at over six, instead of six and a half, I am going to jump in a little bit on over sticks in this game tonight with Islanders and blues. Uh, what do you think here, Matt Islanders blues? It's Thailanders night for sure. Um, I'm definitely on the draw. I think, you know, you have two teams that are still in the wild card hunt in separate conferences. They don't give a shit if the other, you know, gets that extra point tonight um, for the OT loss. So I think it, I, I'm hoping it's a 3-3 game going to overtime because I also am with you at six. I like the over here. Not two teams that I love overs every game or anything like that, but it just I don't think the Islanders are as tight as they used to be. I think they've been playing pretty loose, but I think, you know, if it gets to 2-2-3-3, both teams kind of sit on the back burner, get their free point, and then, you know, it'll be an overtime game. So I'll be on both of those plays as well, um, but that's really it for me. All right, Mike, Islanders Blues. Yeah, just to echo everything you guys said, draw definitely looks like the play, but for me, I'm thinking under. I think that if St. Louis is going to win this game, they got to keep it low scoring game they're gonna just try to play a dirty grinding home game wear down the opposition look for like a 2-1 win here 
All right, there you go, liking the under, and that's the one fear I have. I said these teams now played a little lax defensively the last couple. Do they tighten up here tonight? There is the potential for that. We'll see if that indeed happens. Varlamov and Bennington, by the way, the uh, the uh, goaltenders. For me, look, Dobson, Barzell, and Brock Nelson. You know, don't overthink it for the Islanders. These have been the guys that have been carrying them lately. And then uh, Jake Neighbors, you know, Jordan Cairo, especially. Uh, on the St. Louis side, uh, those are the props definitely I'd be interested in once again uh, for them. Oh, I want to throw something out here as far as St. Louis. Zachary Bolduke has been called up from the minors. He is actually going to be in the lineup tonight. Second line, 20 years old, eight goals, 15 assists in 48 games, 17th overall pick in 2021. Why not? Why not a little sprinkle there? Zach Bolduke for uh, St. Louis. Uh, and this is a guy that, again, is going to be on the second line. So he's going to get opportunities tonight. I'm seeing what the goal prop is here, plus 480. I'll have that in pocket for sure. Uh, great value there. Top top six forward at plus 480. All right, next up, we've got Boston and Calgary. Uh, the flame, uh, Bruins now minus 125 road favorites. Uh, the total in this game sitting at uh, six, uh, or actually five and a half, rather, uh, shaded to the over in this game. This is interesting because you would ask me what I thought about this game a few days ago, and I would have told you Boston is going to take this game seriously because Calgary went into Boston right after the All-Star break and just whipped Boston. It was one of Boston's worst home games all year. So I remember that. And I'm like, I'm circling this because the Bruins are going to want payback when they play Calgary in Calgary. But here is the problem. Boston's blue line is beaten up big time. They lost Matt Grizzlick to injury last night. Uh, he's day-to-day. -day. I, I don't know if he's going to be good to go, return tonight, but it looks like game-time decision. Uh, they'll know right before puck drop. Uh, Hampus Lindholm is already out uh, for this team, so they are battling injury on the blue line right now. Uh, they played a very intense, high pace game last night against Edmonton. It was very frenetic, back and forth. They blow the, what, 4-2 lead. They end up winning in overtime 6-5. to five. Now they're on a back-to-back -back on the road, expending all that energy last night. So I think all those factors keep me off betting Boston. I want to bet Boston. But the back-to-back, -back, the injuries on defense, even though I know they want payback against Calgary, those are all concerns enough for me to keep off this game. I like first period over. Lean both teams to score in the first period. They've been trending first period over lately, both of these teams as well. And by the way, Boston-Calgary first period overs head-to-head -head have actually been pretty strong as well. So that's what I like more. I don't love over five and a half. I could see it slowing down, but first 20 minutes, definitely, I think we can get two goals combined. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Bruins, Flames. Yeah, eight and four to the first period over the last 12 meetings. You mentioned cluster injuries on defense. We know how Calgary is susceptible to giving up goals early. I love this first period over. You can get it. Under a dollar ten, there's a dollar six floating around at FanDuel right now. Uh, probably be talking about this game again a little bit later. Liking it a lot. There he goes. I like it. I like it a lot. I remember that from the old one. <laughs> is that East Ventura? Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, they were, it's one of those Jim Carrey movies. Got the wrong one. But yeah, Dumb and Dumber. That's what it's from. I did a good one there. Not a bad impression. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Boston, Calgary. Yeah, I also like the first period over. I honestly like Calgary. I wish the price was a little better. Um, I think, you know, Boston, they battled back after giving up the lead last night. Um, I think, you know, 
I don't want to say that they didn't deserve to win, but that's two games in a row. I think Boston kind of got away with it. Um, and I think, you know, maybe it's, it's time for Calgary to, uh, to beat them up again, but I don't think it'll be a blowout or anything like that. Um, but I do like the first period over and I lean Calgary. If Boston scores first, I will live bet Calgary because then it'll be, you know, plus 200 plus. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. He's up on the top line, by the way, tonight for Calgary. Moved up there by Ryan Huska, the head coach. Anything's Pospisil. I'm talking about Martin Pospisil for the uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, anything's Pospisil, including him scoring tonight, up on the top line. Same with Connor Zary. They're going to be with Kadri, it looks like, on the uh, top line. So you can get Zary at plus 360. You can get Marty Pospisil here tonight. No relation to Vashek, by the way, the tennis player uh, from uh, Canada. Plus 620. Uh, Batano for uh, Martin Pospisil. Uh, that's a great price. Plus 620, Marty Pospisil. Top line, it looks like, tonight for Calgary. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Mike, Boston-Calgary? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I think Boston is going to fight through the adversity, but Calgary is going to be that much more hungry, being that it's a home game. And Boston has championship potential. Calgary knows that. And these guys are coming into their bar, and I think Calgary is going to be ready. So I like Calgary here. I got to admit, this the reason why I'm off Boston, too, is because Calgary is a home dog. I don't have the exact record. They've been good as a home dog. Look at what they did against Winnipeg uh, earlier this week. This is what Calgary does. They play up, and they can play down uh, to competition. Uh, and uh, they do have the, the rest advantage, obviously, with Boston on the back-to-back. -back. So that's why I'm not on Boston, even though I, the revenge spot looked great about few days ago it doesn't look as good right now uh, for me all right toronto and vegas we got three games left uh we've got uh, the leafs here minus 115 uh road favorites uh in this game uh the total currently uh six shaded to the uh over in this game uh this is definitely first period over full game over for me and i know that vegas doesn't always be an over team i get that but toronto's popping in these goals left and right we've got martin jones and net on the back to back for Toronto tonight after we saw Samson off last night. Martin Jones is trending back to being, well, more like Martin Jones. Uh, that's basically the uh, gist of it. If you look at his recent starts, four goals allowed against Ottawa uh, in that uh, game. Yeah, he was okay. He was actually good against Anaheim, but that was a blowout, 9-2. to two. He only had to face 20 shots. Before that, he gave up four to Ottawa, six to Vancouver, three to Calgary and Edmonton, four to Colorado. You know, his numbers have gradually declined a little bit here in recent games so uh, that's about it for me here now look i'm not stepping in i'm not i'm, I'm not on vegas tonight even though the situ i'm done there have been multiple games now the situation's been good for them and they've lost the minnesota home game the carolina home game the only win in their last four games was a lousy san jose team you know that's it and then they come back home they lose to nashville the other night so form-wise toronto's form is good enough even on the back-to-back -back, that i'm not going against them here tonight but i'm not on them either with jones and net so to me nothing on the side just give me first period over full game over maybe a little small both teams to score first period as well uh, alex what do you think leafs golden knights yeah it's my over trap at the game first period over full game over and both teams to score in the first plus 152 with that both teams to score and minus a dollar 15 at caesars for that over six 
and I have over one and a half minus 125 also at Caesars. So uh, those are the three things I'm wrong with. Not looking at a side. Don't like the draw here in this one. For all you people, everything on the draw. There's nothing on the draw here with Toronto and Vegas. Uh, <laughs> just like in the over trifecta in this game. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that think we go overkill with the draw, yeah, I'm not on the draw here either uh, in uh, this one with the uh, Leafs and the uh, Golden Knights. And, yeah, as far as, um, like I say, the goal with these over trifecta spots, and this is another one for me, is go two out of three. Two out of three ain't bad, like Meatloaf once said. That's what our goal is, uh, and that's what we're aiming for with all of these. So, And, then it's, and look, Morgan Riley's back from his suspension tonight. He'll be back in the lineup. That could actually throw it off defensively for Toronto because they actually have a nice little chemistry going with their current defensive pairs that have been in the rotation since Riley's suspension. Now you bring Riley back, and it kind of upsets the apple cart, throws everything out of whack a little bit. Now you should like having him back, he's uh, obviously, but I'm just saying that you know, now you finally had some comfort with Benoit McCabe and all these different defensive pairs. Now Morgan Riley comes back. And it might throw things off a little bit for Toronto defensively, which I think enhances the over stance uh, in this game. Uh, Matt, how about you here? Leafs, Golden Knights. The chat's going to be bummed. I, I have nothing to add. I'm just going on the over trifecta as well. So it's three of us with the uh, with the same insight. To be honest with you, I don't know if I'm on this trifecta with jo with Samsonov. But with Jones, I'm on it because I just think that Vegas, I think, has got to pour it on offensively. Now, look, Mark Stone's a big loss. There's no doubt. And look what they're doing, by the way. And I'll ask Mike about this. Mike, you're aware that some of these teams have buried players injured on long-term injured reserve. So that doesn't count against the cap. They can go out and trade for somebody uh, in, uh, in the next few weeks, add to their team. And then magically Mark Stone returns in the playoffs and it doesn't count against the cap. Vegas has done this before with Eichel last year and people just railed on them but there is a flaw in the salary cap structure that allows them to do this so they're they're exploiting the loophole you know don't yell at the golden knights yeah should they do that competitive integrity all that maybe maybe not but fix the loophole that will prevent the team from doing this and taking this route that's what i say uh, what do you think mike toronto vegas yeah, I mean, in terms of the loophole, you got to use whatever advantages you can get. I, you can't hold it against them. If other teams have that opportunity, maybe they'll do it as well. Um, I like um, I like Vegas here. You know, I think that Toronto's due for a loss. They've been hot lately, but they're due, you know, and, you know, they stayed in Vegas last night. Maybe they had a little rookie party. Who knows? But what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think they're going to take the L tonight. It's a really interesting spot because it's definitely situational edge huge for Vegas. Yeah. Rest, Toronto off the huge Arizona night. Ma and Pa Matthews were in the crowd, and Austin gets his 50th, and the homecoming for Nyes and Matthews. Now you go to Vegas. It's not a great spot for Toronto, but form matters to me. Vegas's form has been very, very suspect here the last few games. Toronto has been rolling, so that's why I'm not on the side. I think it's a little tricky. All right, next up, we got two games left. Uh, Mike, I can't say enough. Thank you for hanging in there because I yeah. know this has gone pretty long, but we'll, we've just got two games left here. We've got Vancouver and Seattle. Uh, Vancouver minus 135 uh, road favorites in this game. The total currently at uh, six shaded to the over with the uh, Canucks and the uh, Kraken. Um, do the Canucks lose four in a row for the first time uh, this season? That ends up being the question. Uh, because now they finally lost three in a row for the first time this season with that loss to Colorado, but they have still yet to lose four in a row. 
I don't know. Uh, believe it or not, this was not an automatic, yeah, I'm running to bet Vancouver, and normally this would be. Is this the start of maybe a little bit of a first major hiccup for the Canucks this season? Um, I'm not willing to bet it either way. I don't want Seattle, but I'm not overly excited and giddy about Vancouver minus 135 here. So for me, maybe draw, because I could see that. We have seen the Canucks you know, play some tight games lately. This is a rivalry, uh, obviously, border war, if you will. Uh, Vancouver and Seattle. So, you know, this Kraken will be up for this game. Uh, they came back from a, a road trip against Detroit, lost in overtime 4-3. They've gone to OT two of the last three games. Uh, last time they played each other in Seattle, it was 5-1 Vancouver, November the 24th. A Seattle won in Vancouver before that. So the road team has won each game. I mean, I could only look at the Canucks, but I got to admit, I got cold feet. I got a little concern here that maybe this is going to be, maybe this is going to be a little skid. Because it's very difficult for even the best teams, Alex, in the NHL to avoid a skid at some point. Um, so we'll yeah. see how it goes. What do you think here, Vancouver, Seattle? This falls under the draw season formula in a different way. You have a Seattle team that needs points desperately to try to get back into the wild card spot. You got a Vancouver team that's one of the best teams in the league, but like you said, going through a little bit of a skid right now. And it's funny you mentioned the border war. I haven't really seen the animosity that I thought we would when they announced Seattle was going to be in the league. Based on all that I've known, I've known a couple of people from Vancouver, a couple of people from Seattle. Those two cities don't like each other, but the, the animosity hasn't quite taken uh, over to the ice yet. So maybe that could happen at some point. This is the kind of game that could stir that animosity up because you have a Vancouver team that's great, but they're you know looking a little shaky in current form. A Seattle team that really needs to get back into that momentum where we saw was that about maybe a month and a half ago when they were winning the games. They had that franchise uh, long streak of wins, and it seemed like, okay, Maybe Seattle's got some legs and some life in them now. This could be a team that could sneak in, get a wild card spot, and do some damage. Uh, they got to get back to that form as well. So these two teams that are kind of colliding in, in, a, in a different way, both in the same division, both needing points. So at plus uh, 325, I grabbed a little bit of the draw here. In this one. All right, draw for Alex with Canucks and Kraken. Mike, uh, Matt will be back in a moment. But first, Mike, what do you think here, Vancouver, Seattle? Yeah, I mean, I like Seattle here. I think that they're hungry, like you said, and uh, Vancouver being on that skid. I just think Seattle's just going to be more hungry here, and they're you know they're at home. They're going to get the job done. All right, like in Seattle, home underdog plus one fifteen. I mean, they are definitely in dire need of points. Seattle, there's no question about that. And uh, like I said, I'm especially at a minus one thirty five. If you tell me Vancouver's minus one ten, even money plus money, which they never would be, by the way, in this matchup against Seattle. But if they were, I'd bet Vancouver. But minus 135, no thanks. Let's see them Let's see them stop the bleeding. Then maybe we get interested. All right, what do you think here, Matt, Vancouver, Seattle? Yeah, I think, uh, I think because Vancouver's coming off that 3-1 loss to Colorado, um, I like them to come out shooting. Um, you know, they're not a team that generally scores one or zero goals in a game. Uh, so I kind of like the first period over here, and then I like the game over at six. Um, as uh, as Mike mentioned, you know, they Seattle is is hungry. They're trying to fight to stay in a potential playoff spot. They know, you know, a couple more losses in a row, and then they're going to be sellers at the deadline um, and kind of start that rebuild almost, I would think. Um, even though it's only been a couple years, how can you rebuild a team after two years? Um, but yeah, I think both teams will be hungry to get points. Um, I know Vancouver is sort of in cruise control. Um, so I like first period over and game over. Um, nothing really on the sides here. 
the chat is on to it with the uh, Jared McCann angle. Drafted by the Canucks, kind of passed on him, uh, you know, discarded him, if you will. Jared McCann, probably the best look for Seattle props tonight, I would say. And he's been playing well lately as well. The form is there as well for Jared McCann. I would say Niels Hoaglander, as long as he stays on the top line, you know, he's going to be live. And JT Miller, yes. JT Miller, it seems, every game now. something He's doing something offensively to help the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So uh, those would be the props I'd look at in that game. All right, we have reached our final game of this card, Nashville Predators, Los Angeles Kings. We've got LA minus 150 home favorites. Uh, the total sitting at uh, six, shaded to the under. I'll give the Kings a whole fuck ton of credit. That was a brutal spot for them against Columbus the other night, and they still won the game. They had a little bit of a slow start. Columbus had chances to take the lead, and then the Quinton Byfield, Highlight real goal, which is as good a goal as you'll see this season. To give them a one nothing lead, it really deflated Columbus. It's what got L.A. into the game, uh, and they basically took over from that point and uh, one going away, 5-1 to one against Columbus. They're now 5-1 and one since the coaching change. Since Jim Hiller's taken over as the interim coach, the Kings are 5-1. and one. I'm not going against them here. That being said, for some reason, Nashville just goes to L.A. and plays this team well. I mean, it's absolutely insane just how well Nashville's played uh, here in L.A. You look at the series history in L.A., 2-1 earlier this season, last month. Uh, last year, 2-1 in a shootout against L.A. Um, they've won four of the last five meetings overall here in Los Angeles. Uh, they've won two in a row on the road, very impressive fashion, 5-2 against St. Louis and 5-3 against Vegas since they got absolutely hosed by Dallas uh, right before that. So, you know, they're playing better. They've had a nice response since Dallas absolutely kicked their tail last week uh, in Nashville. So I, I'm not going against this run LA's on right now. It's impressing me. They look like they're maybe other than that Buffalo game, which now looks like an anomaly because they have responded really well since that 7 nothing loss to Buffalo. They look like they're putting a hot streak together uh, under the new coach. But, this Nashville track record in L.A. is enough to keep me off the Kings. So it's really not a whole lot here for me. Maybe this is another one where I looked at maybe the draw because we have seen some close, tight, one-goal games with these teams, um, but I don't love it they, either way. Uh, not one of my favorite draws either. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Nashville, Los Angeles. Yeah, I didn't didn't go with the draw here. I just went with Nashville on the money line. Not as big as it was with that 2-1 game. That, that was a, the huge uh, best bet for me. Uh, going back, but I do like this spot. Obviously, it's the same situation that applies. 12 and 4, last 16 meetings, Nashville has won seven of the last nine in LA uh, that they've won as well. So, uh, like I said, Kings have been playing well, but for some reason, they match up poorly against Nashville. This is going back years and years, especially at home. So, give me the Preds here at a plus price, uh, plus $1.30. All right, Nashville plus 130 to get the uh, road win as dogs for uh, Alex tonight. Uh, Matt, what about you here? Preds, Kings. This is probably a pass game for me, at least uh, at least pregame. I mean, it is the last game of the card. We'll see, you know, if I have a couple beers, maybe an old-fashioned, maybe closer to game time, I like something. But I just don't really like anything uh, pregame for this one. Personally, I'm going back to the well with Cody Glass repair, Cody Glass replace, Cody Glass for Nashville again. Five shots repeatedly in multiple recent games. The puck finally went in for him against Vegas the other night. We're going back to that well. I like Kevin Fiala as well. Kevin Fiala's heating up. I think he used to be with Nashville for a bit. 
uh, as well, if I'm not mistaken. So Evangelista is not a bad option either for a goal prop Cuban, uh, but Fiala, maybe Evangelista, and certainly Glass uh, are goal props that I'm interested in here uh, in this game. Uh, Mike, what do you think here, Nashville, L.A.? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Matt there. I think I would stay away from this game. It's going to be an entertaining matchup. But like you said, Nashville plays really well in L.A. And it's hard to go against the the Kings right now with the run that they are on. So I like what you said about Fiala. Shout out to the Swiss, Kevin Fiala, big Swiss guy. Um, I think that he, you know, he carries that team. He's one of their best players. And for sure for him to have at least one point, maybe two, I think it could be some good value for the props. Yeah, and Viala, like I said, his form has been very good lately as well, no doubt, uh, for the uh, LA Kings. I know it's almost 11 p.m. locally where Mike is right now uh, in Switzerland, so we'll wrap up the show in a moment, the three of us, but we'll let Mike run uh, because uh, we got to run the ad and do the best bet and bargain bin special. Mike, awesome stuff. Uh, you know, just hearing your betting thesis on NHL betting and your algorithm that you put together, it was very fascinating. Cool to hear that. Congrats again on the CHL championship. Good luck the rest of the season. And just know when you hang them up, there might be a spot as a recurring guest here for you on the ice, guys, when you explore this a little bit more. But before we let you go, Mike, maybe not a bargain bin. If you if you don't have one, you can pass. But a best bet for tonight. If you had to make one, a best bet, what would you go with? Best bet, Carolina at home on the money line. There you go. It's her Carolina Hurricanes. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Uh, he's hoping to hear a, a lot of that tonight. Carolina minus 115 against Florida for Mike Bullman, his best bet. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Have a good one, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Yeah, cheers. It was fun. Take care, Mike. Take care, guys. See you. Talk soon. Great stuff. Uh, there he is, Mike Bullman, with us here on the Ice Guys Show. Uh, great, uh, great job and great uh, insight about his betting process as well. All right, we're going to wrap things up. It's been a long show, but uh, a good show. Once again, Patreon.com/slash Ice Guys, uh, just ten dollars per month. Uh, again, you've got uh, our daily uh, sides, totals, and player props, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. And again, we've got more Patreon-exclusive live betcasts coming up in March and beyond. Patreon.com slash IceGuys. And again, your $10 per month subscription goes a long way to keep this show going for the long term. So again, sign up, $10 per month, Patreon.com slash IceGuys. Our next betcast, free for all, available to everyone publicly next Tuesday. February 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a great slate of hockey highlighted by Stars Abs, first place showdown in the Central. Uh, so, again, join us next Tuesday night for that, 7 p.m. Eastern. DM or email me or Alex for a spot on the BetCast, and we will make sure we get you on it. And, of course, the Ice Guys store. Get your gear and merch at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, we got everything uh, in stock. And then the caps are coming back finally in the next day or two. Still waiting on that confirmation. But all the T-shirts, all the hoodies, all the calendar and draw season merch, everything is available right now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, bargain bin special of the night. Best bets uh, to wrap up the show coming up in just a moment. But first, as always, we hear from our great daily sponsor of the Ice Guys show, Boston Hemp.
All right, Boston and Pink, check them out and make sure you go to the website and to get their quality products for 20% off, use promo code ICEGUYS at bostonhempinc.com. All right, bargain bin special of the night. Alex, you, what do you got for an encore? Does it get much better than Austin Matthews? Two goals at plus 490. What do you got I mean, as a follow-up here tonight? Yeah, that that's pretty good. We got It's going to be tough to follow, but I think we got one here. The classic kind of Ian Cameron look, you know, guy moving up the line, guy who's been scoring, and he's also been one of the bargain bin specials uh, in, in recent memory. Connor Zary, give me him plus 360 over at FanDuel to score a goal anytime for the Calgary Flames going up against the Boston Bruins tonight. I like that first period over quite a bit, so hoping he can get one of those goals early. Connor Zary, plus 360 is my bargain bin special tonight. All right, Matt Robinson, what do you got for in the bargain bin? It's been good to me in the past, and I like the value. It's uh, plus four twenty on Bavada. I'm going out to Carolina. Uh, Mike's pick of the game, uh, pick of the night. Um, Stefan Nason, anytime goal scorer. He scored the other night against Vegas, so look for him to bounce back with another one while I'm on the show. So Stefan Nason right. plus four twenty probably can get a better price. All right. Yes, indeed, Stefan Nason, who has scored before when you've been on the show the same night plus 650 at FanDuel by the way for uh, Stefan Nason so quite the price there and because the bargain bins are so good I'm now compelled to bet some of that uh, no question my best bet or not my best bet my bargain bin special of the night is also from that same game that same team but I'm going with Jesper Faust moving up to the top line for Carolina Jesper Faust plus 520 at Batano uh, to score a goal tonight, playing with Aho and Svechnikov. He's going to have great opportunity tonight. Jesper Faust, Carolina, plus 520 uh, for my bargain bin special of the night for this Thursday uh, NHL slate. All right, best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, I misquoted the uh, the record. It's not 12-4, and four, but it was 12-6 the last 18 meetings with uh, Calgary and Boston. First period over one and a half. You can lay it as cheap as a dollar six at FanDuel. Man. Miss those prices uh, being regular, but we'll take it here. This is the Bruins, uh, a depleted team on defense and a, a Flames team that likes to get up and down early. So we're going with the first period over Bees and Flames, minus a dollar six over one and a half. It's my best bet for this Thursday. All right, there it is. He liked it, and he's making it his best bet. Boston, Calgary, over one and a half. First period for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Matt Robinson, what do you got for best bet? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take it to uh, the Stars tonight. In Ottawa, um, I'm going to take the team total over three and a half. Again, I feel like Dallas is due for a bounce back. They've had 86 shots in their last two games. I think they score a few early and keep them going often. So Dallas Stars team total over three and a half. That's my best bet. There you go. Dallas Stars over three and a half. Best bet for uh, Matt Robinson. And my best bet uh, for this slate, uh, it's a good slate. Looking forward to it. Uh, I am going to roll with, you know what, I'm going to go tonight for best bet. I don't do this very often, but let's go with a rare first period best bet. And let's do Toronto-Vegas first period over. Uh, Leafs and Golden Knights. I think for Vegas now, after the Nashville game, it's 7-1 and one to the first period over for them in the last eight games. So let's ride that. The price is very reasonable there uh, in that game. Uh, I could see both teams, or at least two goals combined between the two teams in the opening period. Uh, Toronto Vegas over one and a half minus 125 to minus 130. Uh, that is going to be my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button. Thanks again to Mike Volman, 
a great guest joining us on the show today. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex P. Smith and Matt Robinson and our guest today, Mike Volman, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys. Thank <laughs> you.